1: Being a chef
2: means keeping your cool in the kitchen it's up, it's up. and with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card
1: right this way
2: it's nice to try someone else's food for a change that's the powerful backing of American Express terms apply learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex
0: for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts
1: With Jason McIntyre. What
3: is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Wednesday, August 16th. We have jumped over the middle of the month of August. We are inching closer to the N- uh, beginning of the NFL season. I know college football fans are like, hey, Jay, come on, give us some coverage. We will, we will. Um, Probably starting next week, some college football. But today, our guest is incredible. Aaron Schatz, you know him from the Football Outsiders. He came on this podcast last year, hyped up the Eagles. I got on board. A lot of you did as well. And it was very profitable and fun. Mm -hmm. This season, he has some teams you're not going to like as much as the Eagles. I certainly do not. Um, uh, You guys are going to like Aaron Schatz. It's a lengthy interview. Uh, A lot of fantasy football colonels gambling all the fun stuff that you guys come to this uh, podcast for also in a tiny update i just need to say oh my gosh leonel messi what he's doing for the mls in this ligas cup it's just unbelievable we already know he's the goat he won the world cup what eight months ago mvp of the world cup whatever they call call it and he joined the last place miami team and instantly starts kicking butt and taking names and now they are going to the Liga's Cup Championship. Lionel Messi. He, he. I mean, we already knew he's amazing, but like, you're running out of stuff to say about the guy. He's appointment viewing. As I have like alerts on my phone, and I don't do this for any other soccer other than my team, Nacaxa. But like, I don't do this for baseball. I don't do this for NBA. Like, you just know when those are because they're on all the time. But this is on Apple TV, so I have an alarm in my phone. Hey, Messi's going to be playing, and you fire it up, and it's like boom three minutes in they score and then boom another goal and this one from Messi and it's like whoop! that's a wrap uh, I had a good buddy went with his son his son is a big-time academy player for an MLS team I won't say which one and um let's just say he was not thrilled with what went down in Philadelphia his uh his vantage point showed a lot of poor decisions by the union who'd I think they got shook from that opening goal they give up a goal three minutes in the goalie just looked like he I don't really know what how to explain that just a bad decision. Then he gives up the bomb from Messi from like 40 yards out. Just like just a very wacky game, but Messi appointment viewing Um, and and the championship game is coming up. I don't even know exactly what it is. But um, without further ado, let's get to our guest, Aaron Schatz, the founder of Football Outsiders.
0: You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports.
3: I know
4: what sports fans want,
0: but for everything he doesn't. He knows a guy who does. Let's
1: just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy.
3: All right, let's welcome on to Straight Fire, a guy you know well. He is one of the deans of football numbers. He helps immensely with gambling, fantasy. Last year came on this podcast, hyped the hell out of the Eagles. Hopefully you guys got paid. Aaron Schatz, founder of The Football Outsider. He now uh, freelances for a lot of different places. Uh, A lot of bright things in his future. Aaron, how are you, man? Hey, I'm good. I'm real good. I'm ready for football. August is a good time to talk football. Yeah, I believe last August you came on. You said, look at the Eagles' schedule. This team has greatness written all over it, and they end up in the Super Bowl. Nearly won the damn thing. Uh, I don't think you called Jalen Hurts, but then again, nobody on planet Earth had Jalen Hurts. I am curious, like looking back on last year, anything big picture jump out teams falling, teams rising, um,
4: just anything, any macro NFL issues before we jump into this season? I mean, not in particular. I think that what was most interesting about last year, other than the Eagles rising, was the Rams falling apart. And the injuries were a big part of the Rams falling apart. Denver also, by the way, injuries were a big part of their falling apart. But also, it sort of made people have to think twice about the you know, go all in for a Super Bowl idea because it worked for the Rams, but it's not necessarily going to work for everyone. And they wrecked their bench so much that now they have no depth whatsoever. And now their number for this upcoming season is at 6.5. And you can't name any of their secondary or linebackers. Like, it's it's really interesting what happened to them. Yeah, they're going to have to win a bunch of shootouts. I, I don't think it's great...
3: Uh, this year, but maybe, uh, and this is in play, Aaron. They start out say two and five. Stafford has to miss a game, and next thing you know, yada yada yada, we're tanking for Caleb Williams, and you just restart the process. So there is the chance of that. Now, you know the converse is true. They go nine and seven, miss the playoffs, and and, and you know Stafford's like, I, I think I'm done here. McVay wants a reset. So I don't know. That's a tough. The tanking topic is a tough one. Although, if memory serves, didn't the Eagles throw a game? At home against Washington. (laughs) And it worked out in their favor hugely. I think they ended up with Jalen Waddle because of it? I don't remember exactly. No, no, not Waddle. It was the other guy.
4: The the other Alabama skinny receiver. Devontae Smith.
3: Devontae Smith, thank you.
4: Yeah, they they basically, Doug Peterson in his last game with the Eagles, put Nate Sudfeld in there and basically didn't care whether they won or not. Like, I don't know if he was throwing it as much as he just, they were like, it doesn't matter to us whether we win or lose. Yeah. And it is a tough subject. I think people feel like analytics is always like, tank, 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 tank. tank. But it's not necessarily always the best thing to do. And also, Mike Tanier points this out. You can really only tank for one year in the NFL. Yeah. Because you're, you're only going to get those guys on rookie contracts for four years. Five for your first rounders. You don't want to waste two of those years tanking. Like, don't don't do it for more than a year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's go to, I think, the most interesting
3: team, not just because I'm a fan of them. Uh, I know you, everybody knows you knows you're a Patriots guy. Uh, but the Jets add the biggest name quarterback that moved teams, Aaron Rodgers. Um, I'm bullish. I don't know that I'm extremely bullish. The offensive line, the biggest question. But early returns based on what you've seen, read, heard on on the Jets. I know you famously say defense doesn't translate year to year. There's a lot of examples you have of that. Um, so there is some concern there, but the offensive line seems like the primary issue.
4: Yeah, the, uh, the offense for the uh, Jets, it should be better. I mean, there's no question about with Aaron Rodgers, they should be better. And yeah, there's some offensive line questions and we don't have them as a top offense. I find their defense much more interesting because it is a battle of very strong trends. So the Jets, on one hand, they have the trend where when you improve significantly from one year to the next, you usually fall back in the third year. That's called the plexiglass principle. They also were really healthy last year, like really, really healthy on defense. And there's no way they're going to be that healthy again. But they were really good despite having a very low number of turnovers. And that is rare normally defenses that are really good have a lot of turnovers. And the Jets didn't. And by the way, this is also true of the Washington Commanders defense. And that would seem to indicate that those defenses are going to be good again this year Mm. because teams with low numbers of turnovers tend to be better on defense the next year because the turnovers come. And therefore we have the Jets, when you balance out these different trends, we have the Jets with the number two defensive projection we're big believers in the jets defense wow uh can i
3: do you think i could guess the number one defense is it Uh, afc yes buffalo bills it is
4: the buffalo bills yes
3: huh it's weird because i don't like their i don't love their defense. It's aging on the back end uh we don't
4: know when von miller's gonna join the team uh linebacker aging but they're getting guys back. They're getting Micah Hyde back. They're getting Tre'Davious White for a full year. They added like Leonard Floyd. They added like um, uh, what's the name of the defensive tackle? Used to be in Seattle. Puna Ford. Oh, they right. added a lot of stuff.
3: So, so you like the Bills a lot? Winning the AFC East, I'm assuming.
4: Yeah, the Bills. I like the Bills a lot. In fact, we'll get to it. But the Bills are actually my Super Bowl pick out of the AFC oh, this year. This is just a
3: killer. We're off to such a bad start. The Buffalo Bills Super Bowl? So, okay, let let, let me um, outline this. Um, Well, we'll start with a question. Why did Josh Allen throw so many red zone interceptions? I think he tied for the league leader and led the league.
4: My guess is that it's just random variation. I don't think he sees things wrong in the red zone or anything like that. I think it was just a year of random variation. You know, like, why did he fumble on the one-yard line? Same thing, right? Against the Vikings, yeah, yeah. Against the Vikings,
3: yeah. But th- that was just a one-off. I mean, I think he had that something was like, like nine red zone weird. turnovers.
4: My guess is it's just random hmm. variation. He's not, like, he doesn't throw a ton of interceptions. And the fact that so many of them came in the red zone is probably just random chance.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats.
5: Listen to The Big Take on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Remember when Patrick Mahomes was lighting the league on fire and then everyone went to the two, was it the two deep safeties and Mahomes like had to settle for underneath stuff and he wasn't really clicking and he hit a, a rough patch. Um, are teams now in like, what is this, year three of Josh Allen dominance starting to see some
4: things and tweak it and maybe that led to the is- issues in the red zone? Maybe, I mean, you know, teams know that he's really good, and they'll and we know we know that the the wide receiver core is not the biggest strength of that team, right? Gabriel Davis had that one playoff game, and we all thought he was going to blow up last year, and it That's didn't right. happen. And now people feel like Gabriel Davis is sort of a below average number two, and the three might be Trent Sherfield, and it might be Khalil Shakir, who's a talented guy, but we'll see what happens. And they're going to use a lot of Dalton Kincaid, but he's a rookie, and we know rookie tight ends tend to struggle. Um, But mostly, I mean, we have Buffalo's defense number one. So even if their offense isn't quite as good as it has been in years past, our numbers really like Buffalo. I mean, there's a little bit of, I just don't feel like picking Kansas City every year involved in that, right? (laughs) Because we have them kind of neck and neck at the top of the AFC. But I mean, I do feel like Josh Allen has proven himself good enough that one of these years he's going to get one. And this is the year he has the defense to do it. And they better do it this year because their cap – like you said, there is a little bit of aging going on. And their cap situation is very bad for, last, for, uh, for 2024. So this is the year Buffalo does need to do it. So one of the things with Buffalo uh, – let me
3: ask this again. I don't have the data. But the Buffalo Bills last year faced garbage two Jets quarterbacks. Mac Jones, I guess twice unless Bailey Zappi threw in one of them and then Tua for one game which they lost. And then the other one I think was the backup. Didn't they face Skylar Thompson in the playoff game? So they had like seven yeah. games against quarterbacks in the division who weren't good except for one game against Tua and I I mean they lost that game it was like 21-19 wacky game. Oh
4: yeah, it's going to be harder this year. The right. four hardest, the four hardest schedules in the NFL by our projections are the four AFC East teams. How does that work? Well, first of all, they have to play each other, right? And they're all average or better, right? The Patriots are average and everyone else is better than average. And then if you look at their schedules, uh, they play the NFC East, which has, of course, Dallas and Philadelphia, which are good teams. Mm. And they play against the AFC uh, West, right? Which is a good division with the Chargers and the Chiefs and the, you know, the Broncos are not terrible and the Raiders are not terrible. So like the Patriots have the hardest schedule in the league and two, three, and four, I don't remember what order, but two, three, yeah. and four are the other AFC East teams. So
3: you like to um, look at the schedules and you have this ability to find out which teams schedule-based are going to be good. Who, is there a team or two that you think are willing to pop this year? We had a couple guys on the pod who have talked about the Falcons and their numbers moved in Vegas and the Saints, obviously same division, playing weak opponents. Anyone else that jumps out at you as, a, as an inferior schedule?
4: The Packers have an easy schedule, but nothing like the Falcons and the Saints. The Falcons and the Saints have the easiest schedules in the league, by our projections, with a big gap between them and everyone else. And I don't know if the number has moved in Vegas, but last time I checked, Atlanta wasn't getting quite the respect that New Orleans is getting. And I Mm. think that Atlanta's defense can improve with the players they've added, and those teams can be neck and neck. So I really like the idea of going over 8.5 on Atlanta – with the idea that Atlanta and New Orleans will be neck and neck. And don't be surprised if two NFC South teams make the playoffs oh. over teams that are better than them, but have harder schedules. Um, do the Minnesota Vikings qualify there? As as a a team that's better than them? Are you know yeah. our numbers, if you remember from last year, our numbers hated the Vikings like I remember, yeah. Their year last year was the craziest, wackiest year ever. They ended up 27th in DVOA, despite being 13-4. and four. And then they went and lost talent in the offseason, right? No more Patrick Peterson, no more Zedarius Smith, no more Adam Thielen, no more Dalvin Cook. So we actually, I mean, do not expect them to be a good team this year. I like them as an under. They're, what, eight and a half in Vegas? I like them to go under that. I just think they're just not good. Our base numbers think they're just a bad team. Uh, sticking in the division, I
3: like the Bears a lot, perhaps irrationally so. Um, I'm going to be going to Vegas soon, and, and they're one of the teams I'm looking at the over. It's not just about the spending in the offseason. I think that division took a major hit when Rodgers leaves, obviously. But also, like you said, the, the Vikings, they weren't good last year. 13-4, and four, you can say it all you want, but like they're not great. And then the Detroit Lions, uh, Aaron, You know, I might be wrong, but weren't they one of the worst
4: defenses in the league last year? Like We think the defense... They, they'll improve a little bit on defense and be kind of average.
3: And the offense was good, but, uh, you know, we had a guy on uh, two weeks ago saying how they played like 65% of their snaps trailing. And yeah, your offense is going to look good when you're chucking and ducking because you're always down by two touchdowns.
4: Yeah. I mean, our numbers tend to adjust for that. I'm not high on Chicago, honestly. Hmm. Um, We have their defense as one of the worst in the league, although it's a little better now that they signed Ngakwe. Uh, And Justin Fields, I don't think people understand what a bad passer he was in his first two years. And yes, there are a lot of reasons for that. Like, I absolutely understand all the reasons. Like, he was in a bad situation, and a bad scheme, and he had no receivers, and a bad offensive line, and all that is true. But he was really, really bad and takes a ton of sacks. And the fact is, he's going to have to improve dramatically. Like, like he's going to improve. But he has to improve, like, by a lot, a lot, a lot for them to beat that seven and a half unless their defense is much better than I think it is. Um, is, you know, is, are we giving
3: Eberflus or not giving him enough credit defensively? I really like what he had done in Indy. Um, did a lot with a little. And this is kind of, they've had a couple years now where they've they've got to churn out some of what didn't work and got the right guys in there. Does that stuff matter? You can't put a number on it, but
4: does that stuff matter to you at all? That's the problem, like, hey, Yeah. Mm. You can't put a number on it because Eberflus has only had, had one job before this, right? right? And yeah, he did well in that job, but it's not like you have a sample size of Eberflus' defensive coordinator in like eight different places like you have with Wade Phillips, where you can go, oh, well, when Eberflus comes along, you know, his defenses always turn around in year three or whatever. And the fact is the defense was very bad last year. I think it may have been the worst defense in the league by our numbers. And then, you know, they've added some pieces, but it's still the Bears defense does not look good. I mean, they dropped,
3: didn't they trade Roquan? And then, I mean, they couldn't stop. They were giving up like 35 points every week after that or something insane. Um, I do read a lot of your stuff. And one of the teams that is still a mystery to me is the Cleveland Browns. And a lot of people are just automatically writing them off because of last year with Watson, didn't look great. And for some reason, I think Vegas has them at nine and a half. And then you look at the schedule, the division's tough. And I'm like, what does Vegas see that we don't? Can you illuminate what the heck's going on with the
4: Browns that maybe, uh, you know, everyone else isn't seeing? We see it. In fact, believe it or not, we actually have the Browns as our favorites in the AFC North, even though the Whoa. Bengals are, even though the Bengals come out as a better team. Browns because, ahead of the Bengals because they have an easier schedule than the Bengals. Ah. Yeah. Um, here's so on offense, it's really a question of sample size, right? Like, what do you believe? three years of Kevin Stefanski running a good offense with bad quarterbacks and a whole career of Deshaun Watson being really good or six bad games last year. Like sample size dictates that you have to believe in the last two or three years of these guys as telling you more about how good they are than that crappy last six games that they played last year. And then defensively, we like them to improve. They've picked up guys like Shelby Harris and Dalvin Tomlinson and Juan Thornhill, and they've added talent. And, you know, their defense should be better. So we have them, like, right on the cusp of the top 10 on both offense and defense. So they're going to be a good all— I think they're going to be a good all-around team unless, like, Watson really is as bad as we saw last year. And I just—it's hard to believe that he's really that bad given what he'd done in his career before. I feel like that the same thing was said about Russell
3: Wilson, although he's obviously a lot older than Watson. But how long was Watson out? A year and a half? Yes. Is there any historic precedent for someone missing that much time under the age of like 31 years old or whatever and and,
4: and coming back great? No, there's very little precedent for anybody missing that much time and coming back at all. Oh. (laughs) There's really like not a lot of quarterbacks. Quarterbacks don't miss a year and a half or a year and two-thirds, like when they're in their 20s. It just doesn't – there just hmm. isn't – aren't historical similar, similarities. Watson's really his own thing. Uh, you mentioned the defense. Um, I'm just trying to think,
3: other than uh, Garrett and, I guess, Ward – uh, is it the, the
4: scheme? Is it the defensive coordinator? Because aren't they a little devoid of talent on the defensive side? No, no. Lots of little talents that they added. Mm. Darius Smith and Shelby Harris and Dalvin Tomlinson and Juan Thornhill and, like, Rodney McLeod. Like, they added a lot of, like, little, like, oh, here's a little bit of an improvement, and here's a little bit of improvement, and here's a little bit of an improvement. But they added a lot of them, like, in a lot of places. I mean, three-fourths of the defensive line is going to be new. Hmm. Huh. So the the secondary, what, they get the guy from Chiefs,
3: got a guy from the Eagles. So they're basically getting players from winning teams and hoping they can plug and play and raise the level. hmm. I'll have to rethink it, Aaron,
4: because I I irrationally like the Steelers in that division. Um, We like the Steelers, too. I mean, we have that (coughs) whole division averaging nine wins or more. It's the Mm. hardest division in the league. Wow. So is it the Steelers, the offense, or the defense that's the question mark? Uh, they both come out as kind of average. Even with T.J. Watt? Yeah, I mean, their defense... I mean, their defense comes out as a little bit above average, and their offense comes out as, like, a little itty-bitty bit above average. Yeah, even with T.J. Watt, because... I mean, first of all, you don't know if he'll be healthy all year, because he's had injury things. and Right. They, they don't have, like, a ton of other, like... You know, there's Fitzpatrick, but they don't have a ton of other guys where you're like, wow, that's a real needle mover, but they also don't have, like, a lot of holes. Like, they they just look like, you know, a reasonable defense. I mean, defense is harder to predict than offense. So I'm yeah. more likely wrong about this than I am. Kenny Pickett will be average. Yeah. But also we think Kenny Pickett will be average. So Pittsburgh, you know, Pittsburgh has an average schedule and it should be a slightly above average team. So we have them averaging 9.3 wins in our hmm. simulations. And that's last place. That's last wow, place that's in the AFC North. So that means the Ravens are above
3: 9.3. So – they're the trickiest team for me to handicap. You've got a college offensive coordinator coming to Lamar Jackson, who now has the most weapons he's ever had, or the best, I guess. But the defense has taken a massive step back, and it's almost as if they're taking a page out of the Chiefs' playbook. Hey, we're just going to have to outscore people. Defense doesn't matter in the NFL right now. Let's hope we can you know, patch things up and just win with Lamar Jackson putting up you know,
4: video game numbers. Does that seem to be the game plan, and how do you feel about Munkin? I mean, I think their defense... You know, their defense needs a lot of people to step forward like the young edge rushers. Uh, But offense, I mean, you know, all indications are, it's not as much what do I think about Munkin as much as what did I think about Greg Roman, right? Oh, Because I think new offensive coordinator comes in and your expectation has to be that he'll be average. But I think a lot of people who I trust, who are film study people, feel that Greg Roman had gotten very stale. Mm. And therefore, just to improve to... We don't know how good a coordinator this is, is an improvement. And obviously, the, t- the wide receivers, there's an improvement. And they've got a good offensive line. So I think that their offense can be good and their defense can be average. And remember, with the Baltimore, you always have to give them a little bit of credit because special teams is widely variable, but not for Baltimore. It's always good for Baltimore.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue, while you prep your meats.
1: They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com to see their Goodyear test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com/column. TireRack.com the way tire buying should be.
3: What do the Forget what I think. What do the numbers say in the NFC? Um, mostly because it feels top-heavy. Eagles, Niners, and Dallas? I, I, don't, I don't totally understand who the third-best team in the NFC is. And oh, by the way, yes, I just said Brock Purdy, who has a whopping eight starts under his, or nine starts under his belt, um, and it was the seventh-round pick, is like the second-best team in the NFC.
4: Yeah, well, we have Dallas. Dallas actually is our number one team in win projections. What, NFC or the league? In the league. We actually have Dallas a little bit ahead of Philadelphia because uh, Kansas City and Buffalo have harder schedules than the NFC teams do, right? So that's how Dallas and San Francisco end up with the highest win projections. Dallas has been really good for two years. Like, yeah, the playoff losses have been bad, but the regular seasons have been good. And that's a much larger sample to learn from, two regular seasons, than two bad playoff losses. I mean, are there questions about Mike McCarthy taking over the play calling? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing in the projection system for that, but we know those questions are there. But yeah, I mean, even if you think Philadelphia is better than Dallas, there's no question. The big three in the NFC is Philadelphia, San Francisco, and Dallas. All right, so let's go back to Dallas, because you said that they've been really good for two years.
3: Um, but at the outset of the podcast, when we were talking about turnovers, like the Jets' defense doesn't create turnovers, and they were awesome. Didn't right. the Cowboys create, like, among the most turnovers in the league the last two years? And yes. we, All of a sudden, if, what if that doesn't happen? Does Dan Quinn
4: maybe not have as good of a defense? Yeah, there's no question about it. Like, that is factored into our defensive projection, and we still really like the Dallas defense, Mm. but there's no question that, like, our defensive projection assumes they are going to drop in turnovers. But if they drop a lot in turnovers, that's a big problem. Uh, But they've played well overall. Like, when it comes to yardage and stopping third downs, they've been good at those things, too. It hasn't just been takeaways for them. And and again, this is just feel, but...
3: Doesn't it feel like in the last two years Dallas has really squashed the bad teams? And then when they step up in class, it's a big struggle and Dak somehow loses the game. Because I believe they
4: they don't step up in class until January.
3: Well, that's the that's the thing. So it's a schedule thing with Dallas. Okay. Because in the playoffs, I think they lost last year to Brock Purdy, two years ago to Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Yep. And Dak Prescott's a much higher paid quarterback, led the league in picks last year. Um, was that a random thing or was that like, listen, hey, this is who he is. He's just an average 11 to 18 quarterback in the league.
4: I mean, you know, I, I think Dak Prescott is better than that. And again, the general gist of analytics is not to take away too much from one or two games. Trust what you've seen over a larger amount of games, even if those one or two games are playoff games. And, I, you know, I've talked about this a lot this offseason when I've been on various shows. Uh, having to do with the Bills, but it also applies to the Cowboys, that history is filled with good teams that couldn't get over the hump in the playoffs until the year they did, (laughs) right? There's nothing that says Dak Prescott isn't like Peyton Manning. I'm not saying he's as good as Peyton Manning, but the same idea of struggling in the playoffs. And then, you know, one year he's just, one year he's just going to do it. Or Josh Allen might might be that guy. So, Like, I think the larger sample of how good Dallas has been, and Dallas was number one in our numbers in 2021, and they were number six last year, number six last year. Jeez. I think that those larger sample sizes tell you more about how good Dallas is. And then remember, they went out and added talent in the offseason, right? They have Brandon Cooks now, so they're better at second wide receiver. They have Stephon Gilmore now, so they're better at second cornerback. Wow. Uh, Maybe I'm underestimating Dallas. I— Again, something
3: you can't quantify, but when when the head coach opens his mouth and says something like, "Hey, Kellen Moore wanted to light up the scoreboard. Yeah. We want to we want we want to run the ball and rest our defense." Like, Eric, can you factor that in or are you just like
4: I think he's I lying.
3: But see, because I guess Green Bay
4: Green Bay never did that. McCarthy's teams were never run first teams. Like, first of all, Dallas already ran a lot last year. So, it's not like they're going to run that much more. And his Green Bay teams were pass first teams, and I think he's—I think he's lying. I think it's just coach speed. So uh, someone had looked at
3: it and said that his teams played at a slower pace, and then Lafleur is doing the same thing in Green Bay. And I just wonder, does uh, uh, slower pace? You're right; it doesn't have to mean running, but I don't know. You tempo is what the best teams in the league do offensively, right? The Bengals, the Chiefs, the Bills, the Eagles. Uh, right. I, I, it just seems yes. antithetical to what is happening around the league. And I, I wonder, like, Brian Schottenheimer's a figurehead. You know, he's just going to bully him and say whatever he wants. I, I don't know. Are we going to see a heavy Deuce Vaughn and Tony Pollard run game from the Cowboys this year?
4: I, I mean, I agree with you about the um, I agree with you about the pace. I think being a slow pace is not good. And they'll run a lot because they're going to be ahead a lot. That's the thing. I think they're going to be ahead in game. So there will be plenty of runs. Look, you want to ask me, do I trust Mike McCarthy when playoff time comes? <laughs> I mean, my Dallas, Dallas may be the number one team in our win projections. They're not my Super Bowl pick in the NFC. Okay. So because let's go to I don't sp- quite trust Mike McCarthy. But overall, mm. this is a team that has been really good in the regular season for two years, and there's no reason to believe they won't be really good in the regular season again. That's fair. So your Super Bowl Final Four, who do you have in the conference championship games? I mean, I would think that Dallas and San Francisco hmm. and Buffalo and Kansas City. Okay, well, everybody's going to say,
3: well, why not the Eagles? Um, they lose two coordinators. The defense returns largely intact. Some change at linebacker. Um I'm trying to think of their offense.
4: Yeah, they've got- Because you can't get back there every year. It's not like there's anything wrong with the Eagles. I have the Eagles as the third best team in the NFC. But if you're only allowing me two teams to get to the conference championships, I'm going to say San Francisco and Dallas.
3: And some of that you admit is like, hey, we can't pick Kansas City every year. We, you know, it's boring
4: to pick the same teams, right? There's a little bit of why I have Buffalo winning the Super Bowl. There's a, there's a little bit of an element of that because Buffalo is our number one predicted defense, but Kansas City is our number one predicted offense. We do know that offense is easier to predict than defense, and Patrick Holmes is amazing. And you know, you're you probably going to be reasonably accurate compared to other possibilities if you just pick Kansas City every year until Patrick Mahomes retires, but that gets dull. Okay, and uh, we'll
3: do some rapid-fire stuff here to end it. Um, do the Chargers make the playoffs, and if not, who's their next head coach?
4: Uh, we have them narrowly missing the playoffs, but they're definitely in the mix. It's just the AFC is super hard, man. Yeah. Um, does Sean Payton fix Russell Wilson? He's going to be better than last year, but he's not going to be Russell Wilson the way we remember him,
3: no. Yeah, it can't be much worse.
4: Uh, worst team in the NFL,
3: Tampa Bay or the Raiders? Tampa Bay. Interesting. Uh, Arizona Cardinals. Does Kyler Murray pl- start over under like four games?
4: Oh, uh, who the heck knows? If I knew yeah. that, uh, I'd be an insider, not an outsider. Uh, my guess is that he does because they kind of need to figure out Do they draft a quarterback high and trade Kyler Murray, or do they keep Kyler Murray as their quarterback and use those draft picks on other positions? Right? They're going to have, unless something really weird happens, two very high draft picks because Houston is not going to be good. And they have to figure out what are they doing with them. And I think they need to know what Kyler is. So my guess is Kyler comes back and plays seven or eight games. Oh, wait a sec. You
3: said keep Kyler and spend those picks elsewhere? That's Yeah, I mean, if, I they, thought-
4: if they could trade down, if they could trade down, if they decide Kyler is, is, if they decide Kyler has enough in him that he still could develop into a top six, top seven quarterback, then maybe you trade down with one of them, use the other one on Marvin Harrison. If you don't think that Kyler can do that, you use one of them on a quarterback and the other one on Marvin Harrison, and you trade Kyler. So,
3: I mean, so Kyler got paid so well. He has zero career playoff wins. He's small. He has the – coming off a major injury. Like, it's easy for me to sit here
4: and say you got to get off of him. But what's the market for Kyler Murray? Like, who's trading for him? I, somebody somebody will. Somebody will, even though he's being paid so much, because he is a starting quarterback in this league. And he is an above-average starting quarterback in this league, even if that means he's 14th. 14th is still above average. Yeah. But I just don't know how much more than average he – how much more than that he's above average. And, and it's hard to know with the injury. But don't, I, I wouldn't get carried away with him playing badly last year in half a season. The fact is he's got, you know, good career numbers before that. So he's done it. Hmm. Yeah, he hasn't won in the playoffs, but he's done it. Like a Tennessee Titans move on from
3: Tannehill. They say, we, we're not bad enough to be drafting top five. We could take Kyler. Let's take him. Um, didn't they pick up Hopkins? They have DeAndre Hopkins, yes. So, yeah, may- maybe at the end of the season. I don't, I, I'm just spitballing here. But, yeah, I, would move. I, I, I like Kyler a lot. And then, Aaron, you hear stuff about the lack of doing the homework and uh, studying film yeah. and then getting the claws removed and
4: not being Here's loved in the locker room. Washington, not like we want to give Washington all the guys who aren't loved in the locker room, but if Washington's defense is as good as I think they can be, They are not going to have a quarterback top pick, and they'll need a quarterback badly. So there's Mm -hmm. your Kyler Murray trade destination, Washington Commanders. I like that. That's kind of spicy. Wait, why do you think their defense is going to be great? Uh, Same thing as the Jets. They were very good last year, despite not having a lot of takeaways. In fact, they had fewer turnovers per drive than the Jets did. So it's likely that their defense will be very good again this year. Hmm.
3: And in the division, they they faced Jalen Hurts. Well, they might have faced Minshew once. um, Right. I mean, I'm thinking with my numbers
4: that adjust for, for, you know, which quarterbacks you face. But they, you know, they did good against good quarterbacks. They did good against good quarterbacks last year. They just, their offense was uh, was not good. Well, I mean, what
3: are your projections say for Sam Howell?
4: I mean, you can't project a fifth round player with no track record to be any good. You, You just can't. He's a fifth round player with no track record. You have to project him to be bad. So we're projecting yeah. him to be bad.
3: Huh. All right. Um, I guess, oh, I guess we'll wrap up. Last question. Um, we didn't talk about the Bengals a lot. They're my Super Bowl pick from the AFC this year. Um, but you don't, maybe something in the numbers says not great news for the Bengals?
4: We have their defense declining in part because of talent that they lost in this offseason, in particular the safeties. But they're not a bad pick. I mean, there are number two projected offense. And remember what I said about offense being easier to project than oh, defense. Yeah. Like, we know their offense is going to kick ass. So if I'm wrong about their defense, then they'll be better than we think they'll be. And they, they, they make total sense as a Super Bowl pick. Like, that's not a bad pick. It's just, it's a tough division, man.
3: Yeah, yeah that's the only problem, getting to the Super Bowl in that division. All right, Aaron Chatz, obviously follow him on social media. He's, uh, you you want to mention all the places you're working for and what you got going yeah, on? Yeah,
4: still, still trying to figure out the permanent home for this upcoming season, uh, but I will be announcing that shortly. So you want to go to ftnfantasy.com to get the almanac. That's where you can buy the PDF of the almanac. Look for Patrick Mahomes on the cover. If you want the physical book, you can get that at Amazon. Uh, $34.99 for the PDF, $39.99 for the physical book. Then you want to follow me on both Twitter and threads, A-Shots NFL. So that's A-S-C-H-A-T-Z NFL. And sometime in the next couple of days, I will figure out my plans for this upcoming season. I will announce them. I will be somewhere. It's hard uh, for people who know I've left Football Outsiders, which I founded 20 years ago, which is tough to do, but I will be somewhere and DVOA will be somewhere. And you can follow me on Twitter and I will
0: announce where.